Good morning and welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig from Better Homes and Gardens, hosting today with Grace Warren. Hey, how are you all doing today? We have a great show lined up today. We're going to be talking about outdoor electrical with Joe Warren, a licensed electrician. For example, we'll talk about pools and spas and um, everything you need to know to make sure that um, your pools are properly wired, inspected, and uh, permitted. So... Um, we also have with us today, Rachel Heiss, manager of the Better Homes and Gardens Warwick office. Hey, Rachel. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Grace. Um, and we're going to talk about um, what it takes to be a great realtor. So um, if anyone has any interest or has ever had interest in becoming a realtor, we'll answer all of your questions about what that means and how to make that dream a reality. Anyway, so Grace, how was your weekend? It was great. We went to upstate this weekend to a uh, graduation. It was so graduation was weekend yep. for sure. My stepson sure, graduated this weekend um, up in Pine Bush. So we were um, spending most of the weekend up there mm -hmm. um, with uh, graduation parties and the ceremony. And um, it was beautiful this weekend. Yeah, I, it was funny because we went upstate. It was beautiful driving up there. We were in Cooperstown and we went to the graduation, the parking lot. We pulled in. It was sunny. We got to where the actual ceremony was taking place. And as the graduates started to line up, all of a sudden, like all hell broke loose and it started pouring rain. <laughs> These oh, poor kids no. got soaked. We all got soaked and... Uh, so, but it, then it stopped and they just continued on. I mean, nothing ever stopped happening. It just kept happening. You know, it was great. It was great. And then, Joe, you went to the, um, the Florida graduation this yes. week, too. Yes. It, 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 the sun shined for it. And it was uh, pretty, pretty good uh, to see it. Joe has an intern that he has been oh, yeah. um, working with the whole year from uh, SS Seward and he was thinking he wanted to become an electrician, so Joe's been apprenticing him all, all uh, school year. It's kind of been interesting. Yeah. That's great. great. I, yeah. I, I love kids who take initiative like that to explore things that they're interested in. Yeah, they get, uh, they get a real taste of what it's really like you yeah. know, out there. It's, you know, it's hard when you have um, kids that are in high school, they're getting ready for college, they're trying to decide what to become. Yeah. There are, I mean, it's endless possibilities. Um, and they have an idea of what they want, but they have no idea what, what that means right. at yeah. all. Exactly. And he's going to pursue it, right? He's going to yeah. Alfred State Alfred's, University, yeah. Yeah. New York State University. So, yeah, it's really cool. Well, it's, that's great. Nice job, Joe. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, while I have everyone here, let's talk about the fact that this is a call-in show. Yes. And so, you can reach us at 845-651-1110. We'd love to hear from you. So give us a call if you have any questions about these topics or any topics that are related to real estate, we're happy to, you know, answer your questions the best we can. All right. And also we have a text line. So let's just say, you know, you're a little shy. You don't want to have your voice on the radio. Um, you can text us your questions at 845-397-7743. And please don't think you're interrupting us because we love getting calls. It does. It makes the show go, um, go by quicker. It keeps us on our toes. Um, and if you have a question, I'm sure... Someone else out there has probably, that exact and we same don't mind question. changing directions if we have to. All right, so we uh, decided today to have a little discussion about waterfront homes. It's that time of year; people love to get out on the water. Um, the lakes are warming up; everyone's got their boats ready. Um, and we said, "Hey, let's talk about buying a lake home, um, and just a little bit about how many homes are available, um, where some of the 
the lakes are around the county for people who don't know. And uh, there's yes. actually a lot more lakes than probably people think. Yeah. And I don't have an exact count. That would be um, preparation that I didn't do today. But <laughs> we have a good, we have a bunch of them that we did um, look into, like uh, Lake Osiris. Well, Greenwood Lake. Greenwood Lake, of course. Orange Lake. Uh, there's a lake in Tuxedo Park. I'm not sure if we know the name of that one, though. But uh, it was interesting. There are um, 51 listings that are lake, either lakefront or waterfront in the county right now. Right, because some of the waterfront homes might be a river, so Delaware River or the Neversink. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But and the listing prices, it's so interesting to see the spread because... Yeah, um, what a spread. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can get a house on the river for 90000 needs some work, certainly not something you could move right into, but um, you can also spend up to $6.6 .6 So... It's uh, it's it's. I can't say there's like an average cost for a lake house around here at all. No, and it really depends on which lake it's on, um, the condition that it's in, or the river that it's on. It, it, there's so many factors involved in it. But if that's something you're looking for, there's obviously a price range for everybody. That's great, and uh, you can contact Grace or myself if you're interested in exploring some of the great lake homes we have available in the county. Yes, I mean, a Greenwood Lake right now is so beautiful. I was there a couple of times this past week. There was, um, uh, there's just so much happening over there that uh, you really may want to check it out. This weekend, they're going to have uh, fireworks there. They usually do right right on the water. I know some people take their boats out into the onto the lake to see them. Um, there's the waterfront area down at the end yeah. of um, Windmere. Windermere. Um, and you can, they have band playing and uh, the kids run around. It's such a fun night. Um, yeah, and it's such a beautiful area to times. explore. So if that, you know, if that seems like something you want to do, you may want to check it out. Some nice houses for sale too, for good prices over there. Fabulous. All right. So, um, Grace, do you have any new listings that you'd like to talk about? Um, yeah, actually I have a new listing in Washingtonville. It's right, um, in the village of Washingtonville. It's a great old circa 1900s house with, uh, uh, three slash four bedrooms and one and a half baths. It's a great old colonial, um, $229,000. I think it's a great price. That sounds great. It is. It's a great price. Um, and, and it's in great condition too. I mean, it, they don't build houses like that today. No, I know it's, I, I do love looking at some of the older homes in the area. It's one of the really fun things about being a realtor. Is, yes. Uh, you do get to explore some homes that, um, are super historic or, have some really neat nooks and crannies or um, sometimes you see these like old systems like an old fire um, suppression system or and you're just like what is I found a house that had like a Morse code um, what yeah what? like the 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 button thing for You've the peaked Morse Joe's code. interest over there wow. I'll have to show you pictures of it I haven't seen that yet uh, I recently sold a house that had a phone booth in it Really? Yes. Like one of those old English style phone booths? Yes, absolutely. Oh, really? And, and when say? you shut the door, the, the light would come on. The only thing wow. was they actually, they disconnected the actual phone. So the phone isn't there anymore, but the booth is still in the house. It's pretty amazing. Was it a rotary phone? Well, they removed the phone. Oh, they removed oh. it completely. They removed the phone, but the booth is still there in the hallway. And it was a house over in um, the Beaver Dam Lake area, actually, speaking of uh, waterfront areas and, and lakes. That's another beautiful lake in Orange County. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. You, you do see neat, well, neat they, things. You know, I, I saw, I was in a house this weekend. I was showing a house, and there was one of those old princess phones, but it was rotary. Uh -huh. It was still plugged in, but obviously it didn't work. Uh, and I'm like... I, they're so cool, but you can't even use them because they don't, 
that signal isn't submitted anymore. Isn't that right? Like you can't get the rotary signal. It has right. to be digital. So you can't yeah. use those phones uh, at all. What a shame. It no. is. They're so cool. I love those. They're, you know, we have an old phone in our house too. It's a red phone. I don't know where you got it from, Joe. It's, we call it the bat phone. <laughs> uh, it's hanging in our kitchen, but it's one of those old corded phones. And people so often come into our house and they're like, oh my God, that's like an old school phone. It's nostalgic. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, that's like also with the, the toilets, when you have the old style toilets, what is the apparatus that you call when you actually pull on the, the chain to flush the toilet, that there's the oh. chain hanging from the ceiling? Have you guys seen that? I've seen it, but I don't know what if there's a, if there's a name that yeah. I... I that's if anybody knows, you should call in and yes, let us know what that is called. I did see one of those in Port Juris once. You did? Yes. The pull, I love the pull, that. The pull chain toilet, yes. I guess. They do. I think they have, um, you can get like ones that are made to be used today. Yeah. I've seen, you know, I, probably on HGTV, I probably saw that. I can't, I can't remember exactly where, but. I, I saw one in a house I showed the other day. You in, did where? Where was the house? Now, on the spot, I, I'm sure it was here in Warwick somewhere. Because uh, I remember we walked in and uh, it was a bathroom right off the kitchen and it had a long pull chain and it actually had the tank like way up in the air, and I just yes, I don't yes. un- I don't understand what's happening here. At all. <laughs> that's a, that's a gravity flush. <laughs> uh, a lot of gravity. <laughs> anyway, so. let's take a quick moment to uh, remember to thank our sponsors. Uh, without them, we would not be here. And Rachel is one of our sponsors in here today. So um, thank, thank you very you, Rachel. much. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, we also want to thank Chris Starrett's and the Carol Rogers Home Selling Team, um, and Mike Van Mansart from Hudson United. You guys really do. Uh, support us and we really appreciate it. Um, But we're gonna go ahead and uh, get ready to take our first break. But when we come back, we are gonna get into pools and spas, um, electrical wiring concerns and things to considerations with Joe Warren. Thank you. Thanks. This is Kim Starks, associate broker with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for the past eight years. Although I'm based in Warwick, I service all of Orange County. When you're ready to make a move, you can be sure that my top priority is making your journey in buying or selling a property as smooth and stress-free as possible. For more information, visit KimberlyStarksRealtor.com or call 845-258-7290. Hi, this is Veronica Daugherty, a licensed real estate agent for 12 years with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. Although based in Warwick, I also serve Orange, Sullivan, and Ulster counties. My primary goal is to ensure that your home buying or selling experience is successful, meets your needs and desires, and is stress-free. For more information, visit veronicadaugherty.randrealty.com or call 845-544-5807. Hudson United Mortgage, the number one mortgage company, specializes in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Vanman Smart is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Hudson United Mortgage is a broker and correspondent lender licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut 
and specializes in residential loans in all three states. There are low down payments for first-time home buyers, and they'll offer you a $100 gift card just to look at your offer from another lender. To set up an appointment or for more information, go to HudsonMortgage.com. Hudson United Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 152355, is an NY limited liability company and operates with the following licenses. Licensed correspondent mortgage lender by the NJ Department of Banking and Insurance, a registered mortgage broker with the NYS Department of Financial Services. All NY loans are arranged to third-party lenders, not affiliated with Hudson United Bank. Hey, everybody, this is Rachel Ray. Join me today and every weekday with Rach on the radio. I'll have tips to save you money, celebrity chit-chat, and, of course, food. All from the kitchen table of our Emmy Award-winning show, Rachel Ray. Weekdays at 1230. Hey, it's your turn to speak up. I'm Zach Kruk, the host of Speak Up, where you voice your opinion on issues affecting us in our nation and in our community. Speak up and call in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ. I'm going to make this place your Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. And we are here today, and we're going to be talking about a uh, electrical problems or issues that you might have outside today with my husband, Joseph Warren, and I'm here with Christine Koenig. She's my co-host, and Rachel Heiss today, the manager at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. And um, yeah, let's. I guess we'll start talking about... Um, pools and spas and the kinds of things sure. that come up when maybe you're going to sell your house. And I've come across a few people lately that have pools that do that have extension cords running their filters Yep. and how dangerous that is, especially if the pool is not grounded. Yeah. We're, well, we're into pool season now. So, I mean, if anyone has a question and would like to call in or text, uh, please do so. But all uh, pools, spas, uh, portable or permanent, uh, need to be, you know, you know, checked out by an electrician, and uh, make sure that they're they're up to code. Um, I have seen uh, quite a few pools, um, above ground pools. Usually, that it's are usually above from an, ground. Yes, pools that, that are this running happens. from an so extension cord. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's. I mean, that can be a, a hazardous situation, especially if it's not connected to a GFI GFCI outlet to protect that and shut that down in case there is a fault. That's ex- extremely important especially, to know that. Especially with splashing water, how easy it is for that water to hit the, you know, maybe where the extension cord has been connected yes. or even the outlet box that um, yes. that is, is running right there by the pool. I mean, yeah. it's water and electricity. They don't mix. Now, Christine, <laughs> you brought up a good point. I've had several service calls where the customer said, oh, my, my pool filter is not running, or the pool motor is not running anymore. And what it was, there was some splashing water from the pool, got onto the electric motor, and the GFCI protection circuit shut it down. Luckily, but if you don't have that, that can be a big problem. So all you had to do when you got out there was trace back where the where the popper was and pop well, it back. It, it was it was it was pretty obvious. You know, there was water down by the electric motor, yeah. and it and uh, it dried it out and then reset it, and I was really good to go. But you, you do need to have that in place, and you do need to have good grounding because the grounding is like a sensing wire right. for that. So wherever the fault occurs, the grounding wire traces it back and shuts the, the electric off. For it, you. Explain what that is, because I'm not sure that everybody understands what the grounding, where the grounding wire goes, or 
how it works because I mean, I only know because you told me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't think everybody has a, an understanding of what that means. Well, all in-ground and above-ground pools have a grounding wire encircling the entire pool. Okay. And the GFCI outlet monitors for power on the grounding circuit. And if it sees it, it shuts it down. So if you don't have that grounding wire and there's a short and you go to get out of the pool and there's a metal handrail there, what happens, Joe? If there's no grounding wire, yes, that that could be, it could be lethal. Yeah, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I asked yeah. Joe it, it to do the show to today, because I, I saw uh, a couple of these things happening on the news this past week. Right. So I thought about it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a great public service, I think, for people, because some people don't really realize, you know, right. how dangerous it is. Because when it's working, it's fine. You know, the, the power cord is, nothing's going to happen. But the minute there's a short, the minute there's something going on with that wire, that's when your kid gets shocked. Yes. So, Joe, let's just say I'm a homeowner and I have a pool that um, my husband put together and we put it out there and we plugged it in. And, yeah, we thought we did it right, but we certainly know there's no grounding grounding wire running around the pool. And um, talk to me a little bit about what you would do coming in um, to make sure that pool is safe. Like, what would it take to make a unsafe above-ground pool safe again? Okay. Well, the first thing I would do is is check for a ground wire. Um, I recently went to a, a, a pool. I wanted to br bring this up. I went to a customer who had a, an above-ground pool, and everything was, was pretty much intact, but she said the ground wire was broken. And when I got there, it was, it was severed from a, a trimmer or a mower or something, you know, and, and, and luckily it had protruded up out of the ground, and she saw that it was, it was broken. Now that is a continuous ground around the entire pool, like I said, the, the GFCI monitors that. So people need to be aware of those things and, and look for those ground wires and make sure they're at least they're connected to that motor. And if you're not sure, call someone. Yeah, yeah but if you don't important. even know if you have a ground wire. Like right. you, you know, I, every, every pool installation should be checked before it really, you know, well, you, it's you supposed jump into to be it. inspected. Yes. Yes. I mean, the code says that it's supposed to well, be inspected. You, you, for all above-ground pools and, and in-ground pools, even um, some temporary ones that are bigger, they you really should get a permit for it. You know, most most municipalities want a permit for it for a good reason, because a licensed electrician is then required to come out and check it, not a handyman. When when we when we sell homes, that's one of the things that comes up during that title search and municipal search is they're looking to see what's on the property that permits might not have been pulled for. So it might be a shed or a pool. Um, and right. then during the time of sale, you know, these people have been using their pool all these years um, and now they're selling their home and they have to open a permit um, and you have an electrical inspection done by a licensed um, inspector who then comes out and is going to say, yes, it's good or no, it's not. And then if it's not, that homeowner would then have to call someone like yes. Joe to come in and repair it. So now you're doing all this work to repair something that you never had the benefit of um, enjoying the, the repair of, um, or this peace of mind of the safety. Yeah, that just the, just the peace of mind. Yep. And not even just for swimming pools, but also for hot tubs. Yeah, hot tubs. Yes. The electrical that's, yeah, that's run for a hot tub also has to be done by a licensed electrician. Yes, hot tubs require to... a permit. Yep. A lot of people don't realize that, yes. You can't just stick that thing on your deck and plug it in. It it requires a permit. Well, you can, and people do it, but you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Right. I'm not mean, supposed to. Mo most spas come with a, a GFCI unit. 
you know, but I don't know where, you know, you know, heaven forbid somebody bought one and they didn't have that and they just tried to hook it up themselves. You or know, you get it's some, just, someone gives you a used one, it's free, right. and you think you're just going to go plug it in or whatever. You, you just have, right. you got to be careful with these things. It's extremely important that that gets checked out by a licensed electrician. Absolutely. So um, while we're discussing electrical issues and outdoor things, we certainly are welcoming your calls with your questions at 845 651 yeah, free advice today, so. 1110. And, uh, you know, there are some other outdoor projects people do that require some, elect some, some electricity to be run. Uh, maybe it's some lighting outside. Sure. Um, outdoor lighting. Yep. Ponds. A lot of people are putting ponds, ponds in. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Yes, ponds re require a GFCI, too, as well, because you're going to be sticking your hands in there to clean it or, you know, feed your fish. That's, that's important as well. Well, and you don't want to zap the fish themselves either. Yeah, you right. can no. definitely fry the fish. That <laughs> would not, it would not yeah. be like a fr fish fry that they have at the local church. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, much worse than that. <laughs> uh, in terms of things like, like um, low-voltage lighting for walkways and stuff like that, it's the same it, using this, the same GFCI outlet. Like, yes. Can you explain the difference between like a regular um, outlet for a pool versus what people would say is low voltage for lighting okay low, yeah low voltage lighting um it can be can be wired by uh, a homeowner because it is low voltage but it has to be connected to that same gfi outlet and um so oh, something i i just i just thought of too with the pools and spas or, or pools it is required to have a um a timer on those too if, as part of new york state electric uh or energy code Really? Yes. You, you, yeah. When you file for a permit, they require you to get a timer on your pool, actually. Is that just you to know? keep it from running all the time? Yeah, so the I energy guess. code, yeah. Yeah, to save to energy. Save yeah, energy. I wanted to bring that up. Um, but yeah, getting back to the uh, the low-voltage lighting, make sure it's plugged into a, um, a GFCI outlet as well, because there, there is a risk there, too. So any exterior outlets anywhere in the house, you put a deck, you have an outlet because you want to be able to plug in your radio... Definitely has to be GFCI. Yes, that's the code. Anything outside. Yes. And anything near water or that runs water. Yes. All of it. And yep. in terms of installing a GFCI outlet, what is it that makes it different? Uh, the, well, the first thing you're going to notice is there's a, a push button and a reset, a, a test button rather, and a reset button right in the outlet itself. Almost all of them are rectangular shaped. They're not the old traditional, you know, two little smiley faces there. So... But if you see the buttons, yeah, that's that's a GFI. But if outlet. you don't have you don't if you don't have a GFCI, I think what Christine's asking is like, how do you change it into a GFCI? Exactly. Oh, okay. You call me. <laughs> All right. You got a very. You, it does have to be properly hooked up. It's it's. Um, and you need a special breaker in your panel. Well, you can use a breaker in the panel or the outlet itself. The the breaker in the panel would protect the entire circuit, so that can be done as well. But it definitely needs to be wired by a, a certified electrician because the, you have to verify where the power is coming in and which terminals to connect it to. It's not just a simple, regular outlet that everybody can hook up. Right. Now, someone could th who did it themselves could think they've done it right. Um, and then it looks to someone who's coming by like there's, you know, the correct breaker there, but it's not actually grounded. Or right. So you want to make sure that um, when buying a home that you test all of those GFCI outlets. Yes. Inside the house, within six feet of a water source, outside the house, mm -hmm. um, everywhere, just to make sure that you're not opening up 
Yeah, push, push the test button. It says right on the, uh, the outlets to test it once a month. And Very most, important. Most of our inspectors that we use, they do check those. Yes, right? they do. Yes. They come around with their little. Yeah, that's the first thing they check. That they put is uh, for grounding, and they they push the test button. All right. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. Hi, I'm Carol Rogers. We are excited to announce our partnership with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and to introduce you to the Carol Rogers Real Estate Team. Susan and I listen and strive to make your experience stress-free. And I'm Susan Schneider. Between Carol and myself, we have sold over 200 homes at Warwick Grove alone, and now we also cover the greater Hudson Valley. Visit us at carolrogerssells.com for a complimentary market analysis, and we will answer all of your real estate questions. The real estate market is hot. If you have been thinking of selling your home, now is the time. At Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, we pride ourselves on delivering an exceptional client experience. Our professional agents will provide you with the market data you need to price your home properly and follow through with the best marketing to get your home sold. Call our office today at 845-986-4848. Hi, this is Alan Fernandez. Join me at the Jazz Getaway with Miles Davis, John Coltrane, and Duke Ellington and more every Sunday at 7 p.m. on WTBQ. Hi, this is Mary Ulrich with Cornell Cooperative Extension in Orange County, inviting you to join me and your Orange County farmers on Farm Talk every Wednesday at 12 noon, where you will learn everything agriculture on WTBQ, radio worth listening to. WTBQ fair amount of sunshine today some clouds maybe a passing shower this afternoon temperatures relatively cool for this time of the year highs in the middle 70s tonight partly cloudy 50 to 55 tomorrow look for a mix of clouds and sunshine we could see a scattered shower or a thunderstorm during the afternoon with a high in the mid 70s scattered shower tomorrow night or a thunderstorm it'll drop down into the 50s and then partly sunny skies, a drier day Wednesday in the 70s. From the WTBQ Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Tony Salimo. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Real Estate Show. I'm Christine Koenig, your host here today with Grace Warren. Hey, how are you all doing? Um, and we are so lucky to have with us Joe Warren, a licensed electrician. Hello. And and my husband, yes. Oh, and and Grace's husband. <laughs> Big job there, Joe. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have Rachel Heiss here with us today. Good morning. Um, we decided that we were going to have a little bit of a conversation with Rachel today um, about what it takes to be a realtor um, and the process to become one and what kind of attributes uh, make a great realtor. So, um, and I thought we might start a little bit with how we all started in this industry. So Grace, you want to give a little little history? Yeah, um, 
for me, I was actually building houses with my dad. And that's what got me involved in, in selling real estate because we were listing houses for sale. And it was exciting. And the realtor that we were using was great. And he really inspired me to, to do that. So I, you know, my background is in new construction. So it was kind of like an easy thing for me to go into. And I, I like talking to people. Obviously, I'm on the radio talking to people. And, um, you know, just, you know, getting to know them and, uh, you know, and I care about what happens with their, you know, when they're buying a house. So I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that I got into it. How about you, Christine? Well, um, I've always, I've always loved working um, with my dad as well. Uh, we used to work to fix up some of um, his rental properties. So and you did like uh, rentals and not flips though, right? Not flips, but um, you know, so we'd between tenants be painting, fixing um, bathrooms up or, um, you know, just sort of rearranging how things are gonna go. A lot of floor refinishing, um, sprucing up the outside. But, um, you know, I always enjoyed doing that. Um, and then I went to school uh, for, I guess, marketing and design and started my corporate career. And when, um, when I had kids, I wanted to, uh, something that was a little more flexible. That's um, sort of also how I got into it too, because my daughter was two years old and I didn't want to go back to a regular nine to five job where I was tied up and I could not ever have any flexibility. And this was a way to have flexibility. Yeah, and, and by the way, I like to say this, that being a realtor is a full-time job it is. With, with an ability to control your schedule. It's not that you work less hours, it's that you work different hours. Different um, hours, yeah. So, but you're in control of those hours, mm -hmm. which is which is different than, than a lot of other jobs that I've had. Yeah, so if your your child is in preschool and they have that Mother's Day tea or whatever, you can make it to these kinds of things because you can just schedule your day around something like that. Yep, so um, that was very um, appealing to me. And then um, being able to use my marketing design background, because um, a big part of what we do as realtors um, is market homes. So yes. to have that background um, about how to position um, a property and uh, is I think has been very helpful. For That's me. actually what I did when I was in school too. It was marketing was Gr my major. Grace, we're like twins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway, so what about you, Rachel? Um, well, also my my father was the reason why I initially went and got my real estate license too. Triplets, I, love I know, funny, unbelievable, right? Um, and I did work in a marketing department um, over in a, a corporate setting when I was studying to get my real estate license too. So there we go. Um, but yeah, my father was um, he's been licensed since I guess the '80s or so. Um, Always a part-time agent, though, with another full-time uh, gig that he had going. But he was going to open up a real estate franchise, so he said, go get your real estate license. So I did, and then he changed his mind, and here I was with a real estate license. Um, so I also initially did it just for a change, um, also because I always had an interest in homes and what things were selling for. And I uh, used to drive around neighborhoods with my husband, which was my boyfriend at the time, um, just to go you know, looking at houses and looking at different neighborhoods and poking into open houses and things like that. So I always had an interest. Um, and, you know, it's it's been an amazing career. I've been in real estate now for 13 and a half years. 
and um, you know recently joined the management team over at Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty and now I'm working on growing um, other agents and their business and recruiting people into the business that have an interest and making them into the best real estate salespeople that they can be. And that is uh, not an easy job. No, no it's not. It's not. <laughs> Rachel's <laughs> door is like people are in and out of her office all day long. I think to myself, oh, Lord, I don't think that I could do that. Yeah, I need to get one of those ticketing systems that they have at the deli counter. Right now serving number 412. Yes, yes. I definitely need one of those outside of my door. I, I laugh all the time because uh, as I've seen a couple different managers through the office, I always, always think that the main part of their job, it's like herding cats, right? Because uh, it, it takes a certain quality of a person to have... Um, to have the tenacity to be a realtor because our job is up in the air all the time. You may think that your day is going to be one thing. It's something completely different. Who calls? Who needs to see something right away? What inspector canceled something? What client can't get to where they're supposed to be? Who shows up an hour early? Who shows up an hour late? I mean, your day is not really you your You have own. to be able to. Flexible. Be yeah. flexible. Yeah, absolutely. And your, your spouse or your partner or whoever you're involved with really needs to understand that as well like thank god that my husband is able to like say i could say to him oh when the kids were little oh i i, I have to run out it's like six o'clock tonight i have to be out you need to be here so that you can get the kids dinner or whatever it, it is so it's important to have that too yes so um rachel why don't you tell us a little bit when you are looking or speaking with someone who may be interested in being an agent what is it you? What is it that you find uh, makes someone successful um, at what they do? Are there are there traits you're looking for? Well, as you had mentioned, um, the the flexibility is one thing, you know, and you guys pretty much nailed it where you said that, you know, you're you're still putting in the same type of full time hours, sometimes but you're just more. but sometimes more, but you're putting them in 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 different time frames. So it doesn't have to be nine to five. It might be you know nine to eleven, and then you know two to four, and then maybe a little bit of like an eight to nine and. You know, who knows if you guys are working into the wee hours. Sometimes, you know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the morning um, to catch up on things. Or field texts from clients who think it's okay to text at midnight. Yes, absolutely. And 7 a.m. is the new 9 a.m. for a lot of people, too. So, you know, they think, well, let's wait until 7.01 and then we can start texting. Because but it's, I, let me tell you, it's not a good idea to answer emails at 4 o'clock in the morning because... Then you let people know that you're awake. And not only that, but sometimes <laughs> I, I found that I've said things that are just crazy, insane. Like, oh. I don't even remember what I said because I was asleep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you should try to respond during the hours that you would you, actually, yeah. number one, Be know available. that you're thinking clearly. And, and number two, <laughs> um, you know, you might respond to an email and then someone's going to call you right afterwards and say, well, you just responded to my email, so I knew you were up. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's, um, this weekend actually, it was funny. I, I had gone away for the day, and I texted a bunch of people saying that I was going to be gone the whole day, but that did not stop them yeah. from calling me like five or six times. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to be able to have that flexibility in your schedule, um, and you know, initially getting started in real estate, um, you have to become accustomed to the fact that you're not getting a salary. 
you yeah. know I mean that that's one of the biggest things it, it's commission only um, and you know it does take some money to get started as well uh, it's nothing overly substantial and, and you make it up I mean tenfold once you start doing business but you also have to be financially prepared for the fact that you're not going to have income coming in if you're jumping in to have this be your full-time and, and only um, source of income there are some people that get involved in the business with another full-time job and they start to dabble until things pick up but again you need that flexibility in your full-time job to be able to work with clients and attend trainings and things like that um, and you know I mean you do need to be a people person yeah I mean that's the biggest thing you've got to be susceptible to people and their emotions you have to be there with them through the ups and downs you have to sort of be like a therapist in some cases in many in many different ways that is a huge part of the home buying and selling process yeah so you have to be really good with managing people and managing the different emotions that come into play during the uh, the real estate process throughout the transaction because um, it's, you know, not all puppies and rainbows. <laughs> no, certainly not. No. I think that it's helpful to be a little tech savvy these days. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of technology involved and a lot of today's buyers, as Grace mentioned, you know, texting. They're texting you. Um, people are all involved in social media. You know, Facebook is, is a great source. People go on to Facebook to look for realtors. Um, you know, they go into these message boards and they'll say, hey, I'm looking to buy a house in Warwick. Does anyone have anyone they can recommend? Um, so you wanna be involved in social media. You wanna be in those places and you wanna be able to use the tools that we provide you with to make your jobs easier and to make you guys better realtors. So um, definitely a, a level of tech savviness is, is definitely required. Um, I also think that being able to be very detail oriented um, is important. Uh, when I when I look at um, you know a super successful agent, um, one of the things that I see is that they've got a process, they've got a day plan, they've got um, a series of things that they do every day to not only grow their business but maintain their business prospect. Um, and you really have to be committed to those things. It you know otherwise your business isn't consistent. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're basically an independent contractor when you're a real estate salesperson or an associate broker. And um, you are your own boss. You work for a company. Um, you abide by their, their rules, their policies, procedures. You use their, their tools and their marketing. Um, but as far as your own structure, that is something that you have to build and something you have to maintain so you stay regimented and so that you can build and maintain your business. I mean, as for me, I find that that's the hardest part is uh, maintaining the different transactions and the schedules that people need me to 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 make for like for them and to be where I need to be and at the same time manage to do all the things I need to do in the course of a day to keep my business going it's really very it's a hard mix of things to be able to kind of keep that did I update my leads did I um, prospect have I sent out an e-blast have right all the things to get new business but at the same time have I scheduled the home inspection is you know what time is the appraiser coming did I make appointments to see these six houses it is a hectic job absolutely and and there are certain things that should be part of your daily um, you know management of, of the different tasks that you have and everything should be time blocked but if you find that you're taking something and you're moving it because you have a home inspection that needs to be on you know Tuesday morning and that's a time when you normally set aside for prospecting you need to take your prospecting you need to move it somewhere else um, there's a little saying if you 
erase it, you have to replace it. So you can't just say, well, you know what, now I can't prospect, I have to go to the home inspection. You have to find another place on your calendar to put in that prospecting session so you don't lose momentum. And um, we are getting ready to take a break. Uh, but when we come back, I'd really like to talk about what, um, how you become a realtor. What, what's the requirements? Uh, Sounds great. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, this is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show, Mondays at 10 a.m. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik. The Lawyer Guy here on WTBQ Radio. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon for the latest legal advice and tips. We're taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions right here on WTBQ. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Hi, we're back with Rachel. And we are talking about what it takes to be a great realtor. And, um, you know, I kind of checked out a little bit before, so I'm trying to get myself back into uh, welcome into back conversation. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when we left, we were going to talk a little bit about what it what you need to do to actually become a licensed real estate uh, agent. Yeah. So um, the process in New York State, I, I know we might have some listeners from Jersey and, and maybe Christine could help out with the Jersey portion, sure. um, but I'll talk about New York. So you do have to take a 75 hour pre-licensing course, um, 75 hours. So that can be taken in person or online. And, um, you know, I do have recommendations for anyone who's interested in in the different places where you can take that. Um, And then after you take that course and you pass the course exam, you would go on to take the New York State exam. Um, And once you take that and you pass that, then you become sponsored by a broker. And that gives you the ability to get your real estate license and start conducting business. Talk about getting sponsored by a broker, because I'm not sure that new people really understand that. Sure. So one of the things you should do if you're thinking about getting into real estate is meet with a broker now. Um, A lot of people feel like they need to go and they need to take the course and then meet with a broker. Um, The broker, um, as far as sponsoring goes, they need to basically sign off 
on your licensing application. Um, so they need to, in essence, hire you. Okay. Um, so you would want to go meet with a real estate broker, hopefully myself or somebody in one of our other offices that we have, we have 25 offices. Um, and you just, basically conduct an interview with them. Um, so, you know, a lot of times you feel like they're going to be interviewing you, but you want to meet with them and you want to find out what are they offering you? Um, what tools do they have? What training do they have? What type of mentorship programs do they have? Uh, what is their company culture like? That's a really big thing. Um, we're really big on culture. We, we have what we believe to be um, one of the best cultures in the area um, geographically. We're a really fun company. Um, we have the the latest and best technology. Our agents are fantastic. Um, so, you know, you want to find out a little bit about what it's like to work there. And, um, you know, once you take that state exam, like I said, then the broker can help you actually fill out the application and they would be your sponsoring broker. Your license would be held underneath their company. Yeah. And um, I think that, you you know, you get this license and you, you're, but you're really, you really don't know what it's like to be a realtor until you get involved in doing it. And then the training that Rand gives is, is wonderful. So it really, I think it really helps yeah. for people. I'm not sure, you know, what other companies do for training, but. Yeah, for our new agents, we have a training program. It's called Foundations. And the Foundations program does lay the groundwork for, um, you know, the general skill set and knowledge for being a real estate agent. Um, Foundations goes through working with buyers, working with sellers, lead generation and client development, being professional. Um, and there's also an introduction to the company. So it, it is a really good and thorough training to get you prepared for the next round of training, which is, you know, being a real estate agent in the real world. Because once you take the um, the class course and then you pass the exam and you take the foundations training, then it's real world experience. So then you would get trained on different things like paperwork, um, buyer paperwork, listing paperwork, um, you know, how to show a home, um, you know, how to write an offer, how to, you know, actually deal with clients. That one's and a scary one, I think, for a lot of new agents because I see them in the office and they they're a little bit nervous when they have a buyer that wants to make that offer on, mm -hmm. on a property. They're not 100% sure how to do it. Yeah. And I think in our company, we're very open to helping other agents to do that, to making them feel welcome. And because it, it is a little bit scary at the beginning. Well, it is at, on, a, on a couple of different levels. You're new coming in and you see that there are, you know, in, in almost all of our offices around the area, we have those, you know, super high performing agents. Um, and it's intimidating to be in an office sometimes sure. with them. You don't want to make a mistake and you're afraid to ask a question. Um, but I think that um, we really work hard to go out of our way to help those new agents become acclimated, uh, not only with just paperwork questions, but best business practices or here, come with me. Um, I'm having an open house. Why don't you see how, how that open house goes? Or um, I'm going to list a home. Do you want to see how I enter that? And really that shadowing um, I think is probably the most valuable thing we can offer a new agent. Absolutely, yeah. And and that's, you know, one of the things misconception-wise, people feel that this is a very, um, very competitive business and, you know, that people are, 
the exact opposite, you know, not willing to help, only looking out for themselves. And that's definitely not the case with us, at least. Right. Well, I mean, we the, can't speak for other um, other places, but in right. our office, it's not like right. that's that. That's the office culture we were talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. The, the office culture, and which follows outside of our office into all of our offices, because it's the culture that was embedded into all of us by our company and, and our company's, you know, main philosophies and, um, you know, just what we believe in. So, um, yeah, everybody's willing to lend a hand when needed, which is great. So one of the things people thinking about um, becoming a realtor um, need to know is, A, how to get licensed, and that is a state licensing process. Um, And then, um, you know, in terms of actually starting that business, you had mentioned before, um, you know, what that personal investment is, right? You're starting a business. There is going to be that out-of-pocket costs, um, and some of those costs um, outside of the the cost of the class that you need to take, the cost of the test you need to take, the cost of your license. Mm-hmm. Um, the membership into a National Association of Realtors. And right. The, yeah. um, the, 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 ML- the MLS, right? Because you yeah. need to have access to where um, all the listings are you know, are held in your electronic key that you use to open up the doors. Yep. The total startup costs in our area are between a thousand and twelve hundred dollars. Um, depending on where you take the course, right. it makes a difference. If you do it online, normally you can get it around two hundred dollars. Um, we also have a, a discount if the course is um, ordered through us. So anyone that's interested um, could reach out to me at eight four five nine eight six. 4848. And I could always give you the discount code for um, doing your online course. Um, But there's about a a $300 difference in taking it online versus in person. But it's all dependent on the learning style of the student. Some people don't want to sit behind a computer screen for 75 hours. They need that online or that, sorry, that in-person classroom stimulation. So it really depends on the person, but yeah, all, all of the things combined, all the different costs, it is about a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. Well, I will say I don't know um, of another business you can start for a thousand or twelve hundred dollars that, um, you know, over time, if you're committed to it, can really um, support a family. It's you know, it's as hard. It's you you get out of it what you put into it. Right. It's Absolutely. really one of those things where if you don't do the work and you, you know you're not going to see the the returns. But yeah. if you're dedicated and committed, and as I was talking about before, like regimented, mm-hmm. um, and put that focus in to realize that what you're doing is building a business, um, that business will follow you um, I mean, and grow as time goes on. It doesn't happen overnight. You, just, you do have to work at it. No, I, you know, from my perspective, I think it's two or three years that you're putting in before you start yeah. to see some sort of consistent um, business. And but that's not true for everyone. We have some some people who come into the office, and within a year, they are um, unbelievably successful. And then it happens the other way. We have people who are licensed for years, and they just never really take that for their business to the next step. Yep, absolutely. So it's super interesting, but um, I do recommend anyone who has that interest, um, feel free to give a call. You can give me a call at my number if you just want to find out what uh, what a day in the life of a realtor is. I'd be happy to kind of talk you oh, through yeah. it. If somebody wants to get in the car with me and drive around when I'm out with people, I'm happy to do that too. That would be, you know, definitely beneficial for somebody to see what it's really like. And if someone would like to talk to Rachel, you can give her a call at 845-986-4848. I was about to give my cell phone number and I was just like, <laughs> oh no, it's the wrong number. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, so as we're wrapping up today, let's talk a little bit about um, upcoming weekend. I know that we are rolling into the 4th of July weekend. Um, so uh, Warwick just had their, um, their fireworks. fireworks two nights ago. Saturday evening. Saturday night. It was, uh, they were outstanding. I have to say, um, you know, each of our communities goes out of their way um, to put together some really nice um, fireworks presentations. And, you know, in my mind, you're, you know, Warwick is a big town, but it's not like Manhattan or something where no. you're expecting these truly outstanding fireworks. And uh, I believe their firework presentation went on for 22 minutes. It was amazing. It was unbelievable. I watched it this year from the Belleville Creamery, which oh, was an interesting That must point. have been beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful from up there. And, and the ice cream was just a was little bonus. Was there a lot of people there? You know, there wasn't that many people. I shouldn't have given up my secret on air because <laughs> now next year I'm sure it's going to be crazy. <laughs> but uh, it was a really nice place to view them from. Yeah, there's uh, other fireworks that are going on, the ones in Greenwood Lake. Yep, I think Chester usually does fireworks. Yes. Um, Thomas Bull Memorial Park, which is someplace Joe and I just went to a couple of weeks ago to the um, Orange County Arboretum. That was really, really very nice. I had never been nice. there. And it's open, um, I think every day it's open and you just drive up and the gate opens up for you. Oh. It's all fenced in and you go in, there's so many specimens of trees and bushes and different plants. And it, it was really, really nice, didn't you think? So we took the dog yeah. with us, and he walked great. through. I was impressed. Yeah, they have different sections set up. There's a 9-11 memorial with all the people that were from the area mm -hmm. that passed during that. Their names are on there and where they lived. And uh, there was um, like a Zen garden as well that was there. Mm -hmm. it, it was really kind of cool. Nice. Um, I also want to mention, not to forget, that there is the Great American Weekend in Goshen coming up. I love oh. that. Mm -hmm. um, so that, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, there's a big street fair, and they have um, carnival rides. Carnival rides, and then there's also um, over at the uh, Harness Racing Museum, they have races that weekend. So if you wanted to check out um, a fun little horse race, you can go there and mm -hmm. um, get tickets for that. Um, also, there is in Warwick, they're having for their sesquicentennial. I love to say that. Um, they don't having, like saying yeah, that. Yeah, me neither. I don't think I can. <laughs> Sesquicentennial. Uh, see, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> They're having an old-fashioned 4th of July celebration during the day. They'll have music, uh, like bands playing. They're going to do like um, old-time games, so like oh, sack races fun. and things like that for the kids. they a hot dog eating contest? <laughs> I, don't, I, I did not see that on the list of things, Joe, but maybe we'll add that for, for the next Sesquicentennial. <laughs> anyway... Uh, so I want everyone, wish everyone a happy 4th of July coming up. And um, I think that we are just about done. So please tune in next week. Um, we look forward to seeing everyone. Thank you guys very much.